0: Um, so what were some of these discoveries that you started to find that led to people losing their hair
1: so i finished my holistic nutrition certification and was losing my hair about the same time as COVID hit and so um working in a salon you know i own hair salon still work behind the chair a little bit and we were shut down for six weeks um in my town like where where we work so six weeks um couldn't work but we get back and when things started kind of going back to normal and clients started coming back in, um, about, yeah, six months into it, everybody was just losing crazy amounts of hair. And, you know, you think about the actual COVID and the inflammation and you think about the stress of a pandemic and being shut down and, um, it was shocking. And then I was experiencing my own hair loss and I really, it was more from nutrition deficiency than anything, but it, You know, it made us have to look for answers as stylists. You know, people are asking us questions and we didn't have the answers to it. Like
0: Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities you're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. This was a live podcast that we did. You can catch the live ones on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Definitely get hooked up with us there. I'll have the links below for you to follow us on those channels if you'd like. All of the live podcasts, though, are eventually posted on our audio versions. You just have the luxury of being able to ask questions when you are live, which is really fun. So we're glad that we're building this up. We're having more and more people starting to attend the live ones. It'll be exciting to see what six months to a year can hold for that as we continue to build that up. With that said, I won't have a huge introduction today because we are actually doing the intro in the live part, so you'll hear it there. Just know we are talking to our friend Carrie Hicks. She is an FDNP who is actually a hair salon owner slash stylist for 30 years now. And man, this is an interesting podcast. This is one of those times where the topic is... I think, at least from my perspective, so new and so fresh, there's not a lot of people focusing specifically on this, that it is just nugget after nugget after nugget of information. I think you guys are going to really like this one. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast I did it again, and our friend Tracy's watching in the background right now. She helps us out. I forgot the damn episode. (laughs) I want to keep announcing it live of what we're at. I know we're (laughs) in the early 270s, which is just so cool. It's amazing that so many people have come on, Um, and yet we still have unique topics to discuss, which is very relevant today. We will uh, get to that in just a moment. I'm here with our guest, Carrie Hicks. She's got a very nice bio. I appreciate her sending me over something so long uh, because I like to put that in the show notes for people. I like to read it afterwards. So for the Live version of this, I will do a a bit shortened version and then we'll jump into it, just enough to let people know what's going on. So Carrie Hicks is a hairstylist and salon owner that had to start looking for real answers to her clients' hair loss after the pandemic in 2020, when an alarming number of female clients lost more than half their hair. Already certified as a holistic nutritionist, not one to Uh, Not one to believe in quick fixes or band-aids. And on her own uh, self-healing journey, she set out on a journey to find the actual causes of hair loss and how to successfully treat it. She took advanced hair loss education courses, attended the World Congress of Trichology. Is that, sorry, is that correct? Trichology?
1: Yes, trichology, yes.
0: Not something I say every day. And studied everything she could get her hands on. She found that most people experiencing hair loss are given prescription medications that can affect one's hormone health negatively, and that nine times out of 10, no labs were run to assess or manage the effects of these meds. Shocker there, right? Other <laughs> yeah. things can be invasive, painful, and very expensive, and while they can be effective, if the actual hidden stressors and underlying causes of the hair loss are not addressed the results obtained with these treatments won't last long so again there will be more in the show notes on the recorded version but i think anyone listening right now uh that's a good teaser and tracy just told me it's 272 thank you so much tracy uh but carrie i'd like to officially welcome you to the podcast thanks for coming on
1: well thank you so much for having me i'm super excited to be here today
0: Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, Despite my hat, I swear, I still got a full head of hair. I'm thankful (laughs) for it. Not always perfectly styled. Um, But it's it's actually kind of odd because getting into the age range I'm in, which is I'm about to be 28. It's not that it's old, but I really do have people in my life, especially in the early 30s. They're already starting to experience stuff like this. And man this first bit of getting older sucks. Like, oh I've never <laughs> thought about that. That's it's not a real concept to you as a 20 something year old, generally yeah. speaking, not everyone, but I, I've never even thought about, oh, my hair might fall out one day. So I'm listening. I'm all ears. I'm more interested than I, I would uh, care to admit. And I want to <laughs> protect these luscious locks that I have. So normally we, you said you're familiar with the format of the show. Uh, normally yes. we ask what the person's first health symptoms are. And I'd actually like to do that because I know that you got into the hair stuff by seeing this with your clients, but you said in your bio, you were on your own self-healing journey. So uh, do you mind, can we talk about that? What was going on there?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I'm um, older than you. My son is the same age as you. So (laughs) I'm 50, been around around for a minute. But, um, you know, I've dealt with things such as PCOS, um, IBS, insulin resistance. And every time I've gone to the doctor looking for help, you know, I was told, oh, You know your BMI is fine so just take this pill you know and when I would ask for you know other alternatives they would look at me kind of like I was crazy and just say well just take the pill you know that's that's the easiest thing and and I didn't really like that so went on my own journey and and kind of figured it out on my own um you know diet and exercise is amazing so worked on those things uh later down the road about 2000 oh I don't know 15, 16, my mother became very ill. And my sister and I spent, you know, two years tag teaming and taking care of her. And for, you know, two years took care of her and watched her slowly die of things um, that she did not need to die from at the age of 66. So you watch somebody you love, you know, just decline like that and and go down. You're like, okay, okay. we're talking heart congestion, diabetes, things that she did not need to die from and and just watching how she was treated in in western medicine and and don't get me wrong you know i i appreciate western medicine and the doctors and it it has its place but with chronic illness i'm i have just found that it's um you know it's it's falling short so just to put it nicely (laughs) and um so you know just those struggles and then i i have to say that about a month and a half after my mom passed my body freaked out and so i think everything just caught up and i started having allergic reactions to things i'd never you know had reactions to before my skin i broke out in these eczema patches everywhere and so that just started me down the rabbit hole i remember my husband saying to me he goes well you know you're gonna have to go see the dermatologist And literally my response was, well, they're just going to give me a cream or a med and they're not going to help me figure out why this is happening. And so that started my path down this holistic rabbit hole, you know, the pathway. And I ended up, um, the first book I really read was Stephen Cabral's, um, the rain barrel effect and ended up doing, um one of his detoxes and started seeing results. And I was just fascinated and just kept going with it and ended up getting a holistic nutritionist certification. And, um, and so, and I actually have spent most of my time behind the chair as a hairstylist, health coaching my clients. So it's just been this natural progression.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, very cool. Also very sad in a certain sense, right? Like these, that's how all these stories go though. Uh, It's so tough. Um, it's so interesting I've said this a million times, I'm a broken record, but I I really do find it interesting how unique the individual stories are, but cookie cutter uh, in terms of conceptually similar. Like it's like, we have this stuff go on, we realize we got to do something different. And uh, thank God some people like yourself really take the positive out of it uh, as much as we can extract and go try to help others with it. I also know, I know it's not the main point of the conversation today, but I, I have to say, I, I find it pretty remarkable that, There was only a month and a half difference between something very sad um, and these symptoms coming out. It's a a theme that I've noticed and become much more attuned to as I've done these interviews and just worked with more people over time. It's not always that, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not like that incident caused eczema per se, but was already something loading up that that stress was just the final thing that that leads to that for you. Um, I saw that in my aunt.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, our,
0: our, my grandfather, her dad passed away and she's very good at not really sharing things and talking about stuff, but you could see so clearly, so clearly. When he passes away. He gets the first diagnosis of her life, which is a cancer diagnosis, like literally jump yeah. right to that. And especially with our cancer folks, I see this all the time. Um, there's always something bigger going on, but it doesn't yep. happen. Cancer, it can be a lot of stuff. So, you start getting into this. You start researching. You become, I'm a holistic nutritionist yourself. How did the, I guess, what was the progress uh, with some of the things that you dealt with? Because you were wise enough to know that it wasn't just uh, the passing here. It was also other things being built up. So, uh, what was your progress like with dealing with these conditions?
1: Um, I mean, it was interesting, and I would say that things started clearing up pretty quickly when I started eating very clean and really working on. You know drainage pathways and detoxification and stress management and then just not having that stress any longer and you know and when she died i mean we're talking we were she was in hospice for three months and so things were you know building and um but so it was like i think that that stressor being over but then now you're dealing with grief and but clean diet water you know walking exercise and i mean so it things started clearing up pretty quickly and i was like You know, and I've experienced that before, you know, with the PCOS and and different things. But when you really when it manifests in your skin um, and you you literally get to see it, it's it's very interesting. So but things things cleared up pretty quickly. And I actually ended up following that detox. I just kept going with it and ended up eating um, like a whole food plant based diet for a year which I think was great as a healing modality, you know, for that time. But I will say that after that year, I started losing my hair because, you know, I wasn't getting enough of the aminos and the protein that we, you know, know is so important. And I think I did so well on that diet that long because turns out I'm a mixed oxidizer. So I kind of fall into that camp anyways. Uh, But, but I did start losing my hair from that diet as well. So then, you know, that sends you down a whole nother rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's, that one's an interesting one because I don't I don't know if I say this enough on this podcast. I actually, the first time I saw my dad hunt, he was hunting in our backyard. He's like a normal guy. It's not like he's doing something bad. But I remember seeing that as a kid. It was like traumatizing. I just, I'm a hypocrite because I eat meat, but I could not do that unless like it was <laughs> the end of the world. And and I wanted to do the vegan thing and I tried it and it's the same thing as you. It did work a little bit. Um, I don't think anyone would do it if it didn't work a little bit. But then these longer term things come on and and my, I started, I never broke bones in my life. In a month time, I break my foot in basketball and I snapped a ligament in my arm on a bike. It was just like <laughs> that's either bad coincidence or there's something here. Um, and similarly, you know, just so because we're on youtube and facebook right now there might be people that never listened before that are listening this is not a against a, a vegan thing by any means it's just something no. that we've actually seen as health professionals uh, my friend connie god rest her soul she had breast cancer went down to hippocrates institute in florida did the vegan thing no western medicine tumor's gone but she kept doing raw vegan for 10 years and then she died at 61 mm-hmm. which is like 15 years before the life expectancy yeah. of the unhealthy americans out there right so it, it's it's a long-term issue, it seems, but short-term uh, can be fantastic. So how um, how fitting, I suppose, that the one symptom that you had was this loss of hair when you're <laughs> yeah. in the space of like, wait a second, this shouldn't be happening. So I'm assuming you started investigating that further. We actually already said in your bio, you you noticed this in clients. Um, So what were some of these discoveries that you started to find that led to people losing their hair?
1: So I finished my holistic nutrition certification and was losing my hair about the same time as COVID hit. And so um working in a salon, you know, I own a hair salon, still work behind the chair a little bit. And we were shut down for six weeks um in my town, like where where we work. So six weeks um couldn't work, but we get back and when things started kind of going back to normal and clients started coming back in, um About, yeah, six months into it, everybody was just losing crazy amounts of hair. And, you know, you think about the actual COVID and the inflammation, and you think about the stress of a pandemic and being shut down, and um, it was shocking. And then I was experiencing my own hair loss, and I really, it was more from nutrition deficiency than anything, but it you know it made us have to look for answers as stylists you know people are asking us questions and we didn't have the answers to it like we you're taught basics the basics of hair loss in beauty school but i went to beauty school 33 years ago you know so i'm you know had some catching up to do but um so i mean that really it was just shocking we didn't have the answers we wanted to help our clients and the, the hair loss that we normally see is like postpartum hair loss. We do see some alopecia once in a while, like areata and then, um, you know, good old genetic hair loss, which I've learned a whole lot more about in the last two years. But, um, it just, it just sent us looking for answers and I, I didn't like any of the answers. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, the, and, the uh, post-
0: sorry, I got to ask about the postpartum thing really quick. I didn't, it's delaying. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um. Because I, I've never, I mean, my uncle owns a salon, but we don't talk about hair stuff really like this. So I'm curious. That's a known thing that people going through postpartum might actually deal with this hair loss. Like that's something that people see.
1: Yes, absolutely. For about, it, it'll happen for about a good six months, but it does stop, and um, and it's just your hormones, you know. It's like. During pregnancy, your body is in this this growth phase. It's growing everything, and so you don't lose hair usually during your pregnancy. It's growing. It's thick. It's luscious. It's beautiful. And then after you have that baby, you know your hormones shift, and all that hair that you didn't lose, it kind of starts coming out, and it's pretty traumatic. So, uh, but it's temporary. It's it's normal. It's temporary. So we just you know kind of coach everybody through it and try to make sure they're doing whatever they can to make sure that their best, healthiest hair grows back. So.
0: This is such a, from a business perspective, by the way, such an intelligent niche to have. It's like salon owner, hairstylist for all these years, and then going to help with this side. This is... Well, I would be having my ears open today, guys, if you're wondering how to do business and stuff like take something that you're already good at, right, that you might have already had as another career and, and serve those people. So in terms of the investigative work now, you've obviously progressed in your education, especially from the holistic health side, you became an FDN, you learned all these things. And I'm sure I mean, it's been three years now, basically, you've probably worked with people specifically for this plenty of times. So yes. what are some of the common themes that you're seeing? Cause you, uh, you noted in your bio, if uh, someone's just tuning in, it was like nine out of 10 of these people, they're never looking at labs. No one's ever looking at what's going on. So what are you finding on the labs for these people that have hair loss?
1: So I was, okay. So how this really kind of started out was I, everybody was experiencing hair loss. They started going to the dermatologist or the doctor, they would come back. And because I had done this, um, extra hair loss education. Uh, I mean, I'm not a trichologist uh, and trichology is that paramedical space between cosmetology and dermatology. They just focus on scalp hair health and hair loss and and they're amazing. And who knows, maybe one day I'll go do that. But um, for me, it, it, it still wasn't giving me the answers I wanted because they would say, oh, it's genetic. And I'd be like, okay, but now why? And genetic technically in the hair loss world is a sensitivity to DHT, dihydrotestosterone. But all of a sudden it's like, okay, but why now all of a sudden are they sensitive? Or why now are, is this a problem, you know? And so I wanted to go further upstream. So which is how I kind of ended up choosing FDN over trichology. But what, what was happening, because I had this extra education in hair loss is my clients were going to the doctor, dermatologist and coming back and telling me, Oh, you know, they said it was genetic and they want to put me on finasteride. So the drugs that mess with your hormones. And I would ask, especially for females, it's it's not, you know, you're not supposed to do that. So I would ask them, okay, well, how long did they spend with you? And it was usually 10 minutes. I'm like, did they, you know, are they running tests? No. I'm like, okay. um did they do a scalp analysis like did they look for like at your scalp and see if there's miniaturization you know the things you do when you're trying to diagnose genetic hair loss none of those things and then these are people that i actually have uh, you know they've i see them every 6 or 8 weeks for the last 10 years and so i actually know what's going on in their life and the stress and and know it's not genetic and so i was just getting really frustrated that they were not given the you know the true answers of what was going on or, or even the time. And it was just, here's another pill and here's another pill. And so that is literally what tipped me over the edge and pushed me to FDN.
0: Okay. And I'm, I guess I'm really not surprised. This is Western medicine, baby. Like (laughs) nothing shocks me now, but just to be clear, because I did not know this as of today, until today, I did not know this. So people have what otherwise might be to the average person, normal hair loss, and they go into the doctor, and they will give you medication with side effects yes. because you're losing your. Okay, yes, I, I get it. We all bad want to look side up. effects
1: right. that for right. men right. that can be irreversible. Uh, like you like, can stop taking it, it and right. it doesn't go away. Wow, you
0: also mentioned um, the DHT thing. I, I have no idea if this next part is your area of expertise. Totally fine if not. Um, it's a almost selfish question, but. Creatine supplementation. A lot of people complain about hair loss with it. It's never been proven one way or the other, but I just read this the other day because I was actually considering using it again because uh, the stuff's freaking awesome. Uh, I know like <laughs> yes. one out of four people don't respond to it. I respond to it. My brain works better. I get significantly stronger. I'm on all my lifts and I'm, I'm a pretty skinny person. Like I actually carry, the water I carry actually look better. It makes me look more filled out. So I like it in every sense. But then I'm like, all right, if I'm hyper responding to it, is it going to lead to this hair loss thing? And some people mentioned the DHT thing. So sorry to put you on the spot because it's kind of mixing two industries. Do you know anything about the creatine hair loss thing? Have you heard that?
1: I've not heard anything about the creatine, but no. um, but I mean I don't know if if things are affecting your hormones and they're choosing that more androgenic pathway. It you know makes sense. So yeah. okay, cool. so but nothing. I don't know anything about uh, creatine specifically. No worries. The
0: anecdotes are just huge. It's the most, as every bro scientist <laughs> always says, it's the most studied supplement of all time, which is true. It's totally safe. You don't have to worry about anything. But I mean, there's thousands of people out there that complain about this uh, side effect, and not everyone has it, obviously. But the whole theory is that it does something with DHT. So that was just really interesting. To it's like when you hear something new, and then someone brings it up in conversation. Like, how often do I talk about this? So yeah, I, I think that's interesting. So what um you know, you have these people that go into the doctor, they have the hair loss, they want to look better, which I I can totally understand that. But now the offer is a side effect filled medication. um, And they're going to want an alternative, I'm sure to something like that. So how does the FDN system really play into this? If you just do FDN as normal? Is that something that's going to bring back the hair growth for these people? Or is there something a little extra?
1: Um, Well, okay, here's what I've, here's what I've discovered. And here's what um, my challenge is getting people to under, not only understand, but also accept that their hair loss is actually not the problem. It is a symptom of the problem. And so, you know, here we go down the FDN, you know. Um, so I have a hair loss questionnaire. And on that questionnaire, I ask things, you know, I ask about, you know, hair loss history with family members, but it's a lot of gut questions, digestive questions. Um, how bad is your stress? Uh, what medications are you on? And almost all of them have gut dysbiosis, like pretty serious, mm-hmm. or they're experiencing, like, as far as because I mostly work with women. So the horrible menopause symptoms, horrible periods. And so a lot of PCOS, a lot of thyroid, a lot of gut. And so You know, you can do these treatments, like I mentioned in my bio, the the treatments that are available for hair loss, some of them are very effective, but you're not going to get the optimal results or even keep those results if you're not able to go in and fix these issues that are causing them in the first place. So FDN just makes perfect sense. And so, yeah, by being able to do the foundational labs that we do and look at inflammation and, you know, the adrenal function, the, the how chronic stress is affecting somebody, that's that's an amazing tool. And then the, the hormone balancing. And I am in the middle of uh, studying the Dutch right now. So as a hair loss specialist, the Dutch is going to be an amazing tool. And I'm really excited being able to see those pathways. And um But, you know, and then the GI map, seeing the gut dysbiosis and the H. pylori and the candida, especially, these things that really contribute to even like the autoimmune things that we see. A lot of autoimmune issues, like hair loss issues are autoimmune issues. So the alopecia areata or, you know, totalis, where people lose their, you know, hair, like from the neck up or through their whole body, or they even get the little, you know, bald spots, that's all autoimmune stuff happening. Psoriasis on the scalp is autoimmune. So when I can go and address everything from the inside and just find those stressors and help them sort them out, then, you know, not only do we get the hair growing back, but we don't have to worry about that hair loss anymore, you know? So, and I think that's the biggest thing I see with women. They start losing their hair and they're stressing out about it and then makes it worse you know more hair loss more stress and it's just this horrible cycle and and so working on everything the big picture that you know FDN trains it just made so much sense to me and um i'm excited i am adding you know of course a hair component like a hair analysis hair loss type and you yeah. know to to my FDN uh program but uh, so that i can help people do, you know literally you know address their type of hair loss but everything else is the same like the fdn sure. program cool it
0: i can just... definitely see what you mean by it's kind of almost this vicious cycle because i know this is not directly the same but the only thing i can relate to with this is um i dealt with like severe acne in the past and what's tough is the more pimples you get the more stressed out you are and the yes. more stressed out you are, the worse your acne gets. So it's kind of vicious. It, it sucks. And that's, that's probably true with a lot of these health issues. The aesthetic ones are, are particularly unfavorable because you go into the mirror and every time you can kind of get this uh, trigger response, but really any disease, right? You have autoimmune disease, which might've been caused by stress. You are having your life affected. So that's stressing you out. So yeah, it's, it's kind of wild how these very physical things or things that start physical then become, there's a mental, emotional thing. Everyone ends up with both of these components uh, in their disease states, I found at least, at least the people that uh, come with severe chronic illness. Is there, uh, and I'm I'm really interested in the hormone thing specifically. So I'll specify this for people that are are new. FDN is always the same system, right? We always run the same labs on everyone. Ideally, we have flexibility, of course, and not everyone does it perfectly, but generally speaking, we do FDN. Now, with that said, I've noticed That certain things tend to come up more often for certain conditions. So, yes, I might do FDN the same on every autoimmune client, but uh, a very well-known one is like blasto comes up a lot of times, which is a parasite, uh, for those that don't know, uh, for Hashimoto's. You might see that a lot for Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So all that to say, you mentioned some gut stuff already are there any specific like hormones that are too high or too low that are might be overrepresented in these people with hair loss that like, you wouldn't just expect out on anyone's um, stress and hormones profile. You're seeing it more with the hair loss.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the piece, like women that deal with PCOS, um, have the higher androgens and so too high of testosterone and that, um, that, hormone choosing that more androgenic pathway that five alpha reductase you know that's something that um, definitely points to hair loss in women also too high of estrogen too low of estrogen it's just everything needs to be balanced. And so I see a lot of the women like, you know, I'm in that fun perimenopause state myself. And so now all my friends and and my clients my age were all like, what is happening? But you know, our estrogen levels are dropping and we're seeing hair loss. And I think that's because that there's that imbalance and that testosterone testosterone can become, you know, a little more dominant. And so it's just a delicate balance, like like all of it.
0: the androgen thing got me thinking. There was um, uh, a few, especially during the beginning of the pandemic, I was, I didn't have my normal job, which is speaking. And so I was taking on a lot more clients and it was, it just goes to show that the outside is not always a representation of the inside. I won't mention their names, but one of them has actually been on the podcast. I got two girls that were friends. I mean, stunning women, like beautiful 10 out of 10 people. And they had me run their labs because they had a bunch of stuff going on. They're androgenic hormones. <laughs> yeah. oh they were messed up, man. But like anyone that looked at them from the outside would think, oh, they're the epitome of health just because they're attractive and good looking. But it's like, dude, these people are ticking time bombs with what's going on. So my point is they still had their hair, Mm -hmm. but what's another five years of that? If they never met someone like myself or another FDN, maybe that won't be working out so well for them, unfortunately. So you did mention something already that I, I had to get to today. I'm sure it's going through other people's heads. You Mentioned the perimenopause thing. And hey, there's real transitions in life uh, that lead to hair loss. Also, we have Reed Davis, the founder of FDN. You know, he's been um, bald as long as I've known him. He does FDN to a T. That guy's very healthy. He looks fantastic otherwise. It's like, so what, if you could break this down, what percentage roughly, like, do you think is just, hey, age versus, hey, real genetics? Like, you're just someone who's actually going to lose their hair. Like, I guess a better way to even word it to not confuse the hell out of you is, All the people that are losing hair right now, what percentage do you think is actually inevitable versus what percentage is lifestyle induced?
1: Um, I think it's a smaller percentage than people think. And I think I think people get wrote off a lot like, oh, it's just genetic. But if you're looking at genetic hair loss and you are saying DHT is causing that hair loss, then why now all of a sudden is DHT a problem and a big a big contributor to DHT going up is insulin resistance. So you look at the standard American diet, you look, so lifestyle, I think lifestyle has so much to do with it. And for the last two years, I have worked with people with hair loss and I've used um, an epigenetic hair follicle analysis test. And it's amazing, but I think people like genetics, actually, yes, there is genetic hair loss. and, And maybe you got dealt the wrong hand, but, I don't think people realize how much epigenetics have to do with it, and that you can slow it down. and And the other thing is, like, so maybe genetically you're predisposed to lose your hair maybe later in your 50s or 60s, but because you're insulin resistant and you know if you if you live under chronic stress and you've got all these viruses, it triggers it sooner. And so, um, so I think our health and the way we live, our lifestyles, really do contribute way more than we think it does.
0: Yeah, I love, it's so rare that I get like a brand new topic (laughs) for me because we've been in the space for so long. This is so much fun. I'm like, I've never, you're making me make these connections and this is why in science correlation isn't causation, right? Because all the studies show that creatine does not cause hair loss. And then you just said insulin resistance. And I'm thinking, okay, if a weightlifter is taking creatine nine times out of 10, it's because you're bulking, you're trying to gain weight. And another thing that you do when you're bulking is eat three, 400 grams of carbs per day and gain weight. And perhaps ding, that ding, doesn't ding. work so well yeah, for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And now that's correlation too, but just, I mean, the science is pretty clear that they disagree with the people's anecdotes that this is happening to them. But I know a lot of people that call bulking or I, they're, they're, Dealing with insulin resistance and borderline diabetes, and they call it bulking for weightlifting. Right. Yes. And they don't they don't know any better. They're trying their best. But that's just – you're making some really cool connections to me that are uh, super unique. If you guys are watching live and you have any questions for Carrie, I keep uh, forgetting to say that on our live ones. Feel free to throw them in. I might not get to all of them, but uh, you're more than welcome. It's rare that we have – this is the first time we've had a topic like this in 270 episodes. <laughs> so, okay. Now, you're obviously helping people with this. What a cool thing. You mentioned this epigenetic test. I think there's going to be people wondering about that, including myself. Just keep myself in check while I'm ahead. What, uh, what is that test that you use? For um, that? It
1: is. It's amazing. So we actually pull like four or five hairs out of the back of your head in a donor region. And I put it in this scanner and it does a vibrational read and it sends it to a lab in Germany. And within 15 minutes, I get back a 30 page report showing me vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, emf load radiation load fungus bacteria virus and it's a 90 day overview of what's gone on in your body for the last 90 days and it's a great tool for optimization so let's say somebody's a little concerned about their their hair nails or their their health and um, we run this i do a consultation with them spend about an hour hour and a half with people going through it and what's so great about this report is that It gives you foods for each item that comes up, maybe in a deficiency or something that's affecting your immune system or your your gut microbiome, your digestive system. It'll give you a list of foods that, you know, where you can get those nutrients or foods that help the detoxification processes. And so it's been a great tool. And like I said, it's great for optimization, but I still think, I mean, I'm seeing enough people with bigger issues and more chronic illness Um, so I, I want to have the lab testing available to, to dig deeper and go further, but that has been a great tool for the last two years. And I am, um, my hairstylists at my salon are being trained on it right now, and they'll be providing that service as well. And, um, I'm actually creating an online program for other hairstylists to help train them how to use that. Because I will say that as hairstylists, we have a front row seat to our client's health. I cannot tell you how many times in the last 30 years I have suggested to, you know, told the client like, hey, I, I think you need to go see your doctor. Something's up, your hair texture's off, your hair's brittle, it's breaking, or this there's, you know, all of a sudden you have psoriasis all over your scalp, what's going on, you know? So we have a front row seat and we see these people every six or eight weeks. So we, we get to see the things that most people probably wouldn't notice. And so we also have this crazy job where we know more about our our clients tell us things <laughs> that nobody else in their life knows right so we have a front row seat to their life we know everything that's happening and so i feel like we're we're in this amazing place that we we get i think we can take this extra responsibility and really help our clients with their health and um, I, and I'm excited to be able to do that and train other high hairstylists because we're all so very attached to our clients, so we want everybody, you know, we want to have the answers to their questions, we want to, you know, be able to help them with their health, and so I'm really excited to create a program for that, but then, you know, there are still the issues, like I said, that you you have to dig deeper, and so um, I'm excited that will be my role and but my stylist will be doing the the other test.
0: Nice with, um, the, the course more or less that you'd be offering for other hairstylists. So again, my uncle owns a salon and literally by coincidence, I just saw on Facebook before this, he, I don't know what the hell they were talking about, but he actually said, Hey, educating the staff today. And they had someone come in and I mean, I, I don't know what else they're learning right now, it's, Again, it's not <laughs> my forte, but I just clearly he's willing to invest in that type of stuff. So when is this going to be available? Is there any rough date?
1: I'm hoping to kick it off at the beginning of the year. So 2024. So I will be, um, it will include that device and um, training for the device and also uh, a training course in hair loss for hairstylists, but from a more functional perspective. And so the different treatments that are available, but how we can help our clients holistically. And then okay. also, also address the toxins that are in our environment because Evan, I will say going through FDN and doing my own labs was shocking. So like you said, I, I feel like I take pretty good care of myself and my, my friends are, were all a little shocked because I had some stuff show up. That was really concerning. And, and Dustin was my, uh, my mentor for my R and R's and it, it was an emotional experience because he's like, he's like, why is your inflammation so high? He goes, we got to figure this out. And he literally asked me, he goes, well, what do you do for a living? So, well, I'm a hairstylist. I'm a hairstylist. And, and he said, well, how long have you been doing this? I'm like forever, Dustin forever. And he said, and, and this just hit me so hard. He said, he goes okay. He goes, I don't want to scare you or freak you out. He said, but the sickest people I work with in my practice are hairstylists. And I had to think about that because we're in chemicals all day. And that's what he pointed out. Even shampoos and conditioners that people think are benign, we are absorbing that through our skin all day long. And so while your clients are getting their hair done once every you know six or eight weeks, we're in those chemicals all day long, every day. And then I had to think about all the hairstylists that I've known through my career, brain tumors, leukemia, horrible allergic reactions to the latex gloves, um throat cancer i mean we're ripping open bags of bleach that's powder we're inhaling this and so really i consider myself very lucky but what i learned in fdn with my labs was that i'm on this teetering space of autoimmune and chronic illness because of my job and so that's the other thing my salon going forward i have these younger stylists and i feel very responsible for them You know, I have two that are going to want to have babies and start families in a couple of years. So I'm like, that's it. Everything is getting ripped off the shelves. We are going no plastic bottles, no endocrine disruptors. So when you really learn what are in these products and what we're dealing with every day, um, it's very eye opening. So I want that training available to other stylists as well, how to take care of their own health, how to help their clients. Um, I want to be able to take care of my stylist and make sure, you know, that. Their job that they're doing every day is not contributing to any negative health effects, and so that's kind of the path that we've been on.
0: Yeah, this is yeah, this is so freaking cool. We actually just got a comment as I'm saying that, saying this is awesome. Uh, Indeed, it (laughs) is. Well, and it made me. I was just. I'm going to send her this, but she listens to our podcast, or at least she's willing to listen to our podcast. She's listened to some in the past. I have a friend. I have a friend. Uh she's 70. I have friends of all ages. And I, I was just on the phone with her last night with my uh fiance because we both know her. And she's a hairstylist with cancer that does a lot of health stuff and is very oh. confused as to how she has cancer. I I it's not like I have chills. Yeah, I have chills.
1: I'm like so I'm sorry. Stupid. I know
0: that it has chemicals. I just never even thought about it. It's like duh, like duh. She's working chemicals all day. Um, well, then that leads to a, a pretty obvious question then that I was I was going to get to before, but this segued perfectly. What do you recommend then for people, especially women who really care about this a lot more, generally speaking? What do you do for good products and how do you keep this safe? Because I know even when I go to my uncle's and get my hair cut, I can't deny I don't I don't use it all the time but he makes my hair look 10 times. I don't need a hat that day. I'll put it that way. I mean, he styles <laughs> it perfectly. He puts this special gel in the shampoo and conditioner. You can just tell works better than the stuff that I use. It just, it makes my hair perfect. It's weird, but mm-hmm. you know that there's consequences to that. So is there any brands you recommend or things that people can do?
1: Well, we're in a big research mode. So the last five years we've used a brand called Kevin Murphy and it's a great brand. It's sulfate free, paraben free. Uh, they don't use artificial fragrance. They use essential oils but it still doesn't come up clean like i'm going for like EWG clean like i'm going for like if it's if it doesn't come up on EWG i don't i don't want it in my salon and then the other problem is the packaging so in the plastic bottles you know the plastics are total endocrine disruptors and we have so many i mean i hear conversations all day long in in the salon we have so many young women i'm talking in their t- early twenties that are dealing with PCOS, endometriosis, painful periods, hair loss, you know, acne, all the crazy things, thyroid issues. And it's, it's just heartbreaking because I don't think, I think because we can't see them, we don't take this toxin thing as, as serious as we need to. Same thing with EMFs. And so that was another thing that Dustin pointed out to me. He's like, well, if you're not in chemicals, you're holding a hairdryer. I'm like, or I'm on the cell phone, right? So it's so we're, we're in the process of researching different product lines and we're, we're only going for products that rate clean with EWG and are also in glass containers. So even what we sell on the shelves, people will bring them back in for refills. We, we won't do the plastic thing. So okay. we're, we're in that process right now. So that's the big goal for 24 is launch that course for hairstylists and kind of rebrand and, and redo my salon in, in that way. So we can go forward kind of feeling good about what we're doing for ourselves, but you know, also for our clients.
0: You are are really onto something here in multiple ways, because I'm always thinking business. I can't help. I'm like, holy cow. Like, it's like, how could you go wrong? You could invent a whole new shampoo <laughs> line. You could just teach the stylist. You could do a special type of salon for sensitive yeah. people, because let's be honest. <clears throat> yes. Women are more likely to use these types of products, but they're also the people that are typically more aware of their health. And I think that just speaks for itself with the amount of graduates we have from FDN and the fact that like 80% are women or something. So I could really see this being something where maybe you teach people how to have this specific type of salon where, hey, we're a chem... I'm making this up. I know it can't be chemical. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's labeled in yeah. such a way that this is for sensitive people. You can still enjoy that experience that seems to be, you know, very special to people like my fiance and my mom. They love getting their hair done, right? Especially. Oh yeah. Mom. But then you don't have to freak out and worry about it every time that you do it.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, because we'll, you know, women don't usually worry about it until they're pregnant, and then mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll do anything for our babies, right? But um, it's. and i don't know i don't see myself ever making my own brand of product line but i do see myself um educating people in this and 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 going forward and i would love to you know my my niche currently is is hair loss but i would really love to help hairstylists just kind of change things in the salon how they do things in the salon but also monitor their own health because like, just like your friend, you know, with with cancer, I know so many hairstylists that have been sick. And so while I have some concerning things, I at least I'm on this precipice where I can I can uh, do some things and change that. So I feel very I feel very lucky. And, and so let's let's, you know, keep everybody healthy and it, it, it's a great it's been a great career. We, you know, our clients come in. Everybody's happy to see us. It's fun. We visit with our friends all day. It's great, but you know, there, there are, there's that little hidden ugly part that we just need to be aware of.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great feedback here. Someone was saying, I'd love to have a one-stop shop for healthy hair products, which there was more salons like this. Awesome. Uh, one question that I have, it, it does regard hair. And I think you're the perfect person to ask this to. It's not necessarily the hair loss thing. One thing I'm always concerned about is I sometimes hear arguments for this arguments against this, the whole idea that one there's gluten in a lot of hair products, which I do believe that there's, we leave, it's not, what, that's not what I'm challenging. But the idea that if I put this on my scalp and I have a gluten sensitivity, it can be absorbed in and actually trigger that sensitivity. So it, it, you're shaking your head. Yes. So It sounds like that can happen. It,
1: it's yes, it does happen. Wow. It does How? happen. Damn. Damn. So I know. Stuff, right? <laughs> but those are things you never think about. Yeah. I mean, we have people that are allergic to coconut and there's, they, you know, they use coconut oil in a lot of products. So it's really interesting. So you really do have to you know, be, you have to be your own advocate, right. For your health, for your hair, all of the things. But, um, you do have to be aware of what's going into your products.
0: And I feel like none of these shampoos are particularly like, even the ones that are like healthier and don't have wheat in it because I'm looking at the back of it and I read the ingredients and I look them up and stuff. They still don't even label themselves like that because the consumer's not at a place. Like I'm I would like to consider myself fairly advanced compared to the average person, in functional medicine. And I couldn't even have just answered that for you. So the average consumer has no idea that one, it's even a problem. And two, that if it has gluten, it's going to go through their scalp yeah. um, and get absorbed. <laughs> so there's, there's many issues here. So would you, if you had a gluten sensitivity and hit like me and you had to travel a lot, would you ever even bother with like the hotel shampoos and conditioners? No, or- <laughs> no, no, no
1: I, I from it? The- no, I never touched the hotel shampoo. <laughs>
0: For, for uh, probably a variety of reasons, right?
1: Variety of reasons, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you don't, you don't want to do that. Okay. I mean, especially because, uh, if you have a true sensitivity to something, you really do need to be careful.
0: Okay. I'll be a little more careful stuff. with traveling this stuff. I think, you know, I try to balance it and this is something probably many FDNs or people that have just struggled with health can relate to. There's a time and place we go so neurotic with stuff. And that's serving us in a season of our life. We're so sick that we needed to go neurotic with it, be super disciplined. And then I realized that neuroticism that I was applying, I took it too far. And now that was actually causing issues in my life. So I've tried to let up and... I don't want to be ignorant though either. I do know I have a severe gluten sensitivity. I do know it doesn't serve me. And, you know, before I was the guy that wouldn't use the stuff at the hotels and I just kind of let off. I'm like, dude, who cares? Like, stop. That's not a big deal. But, you know, that one is not something I mess with. Like I wouldn't eat food that has gluten in it. So why am I screwing myself over? I might as well just go uh, go enjoy the damn pizza then if I'm going to use the shampoo at the hotel. So either go all in and enjoy it or you know, maybe pack a little better. So I appreciate that. My last random question before we talk about some stuff where people can find you and other just client things you had mentioned at one point, I believe, or suggested, I don't want to put words in your mouth, maybe a genetic predisposition to being sensitive to DHT or something along those lines. Is that something that can be tested for? Or would that just be something that you kind of can tell if you know your stuff, but I can't test for it necessarily?
1: You know, I don't, I don't know if there's a way to test for it, honestly, I just know. So what they teach um, in hair loss classes is that genetic hair loss is a sensitivity to DHT. So if you are, are producing a lot of DHT, it's also in your sebaceous gland, it's building up in the sebum and it's sitting on your scalp. And so you can um, address it topically with different things. I know that's, you know, minoxidil, they use a lot of minoxidil for that, but um, I use non, like drug type products uh, that are that are more holistic. But it's you you want to address that DHT as much as you can. But I don't I don't know if there's a, a test. I, I would say work on your blood sugar control and your your insulin and you know, so that's and and that's that's why I've gone the FDN route, right? Is so that I can help people as far upstream as possible and, and uh-huh. get that under control. <laughs>
0: I appreciate that. I'm still on my creatine thing because listen you look mind blown. It was like two, three years ago that I could even just grow a beard and I grew the hair out. I don't (laughs) want to lose it as soon as I'm ahead. Like, you know, it's amazing the correlation between being single for five years, growing a beard, and then you know, not a ten out of ten, but just enough to get in the game again. Right. So I wouldn't keep the beard, the facial.
1: And And,
0: yeah, I'm like, don't don't supplement this away. I've like do the test first or something if it exists. (laughs) Um, so with all that said, Carrie, I'd love if we could. Um, it's been three years since you started noticing this. You became an FTN. I'm sure you've worked with at least some clients now where you've helped them through this. Uh, I always love client testimonials. Are there any amazing stories that come to the top of your head? Uh <sighs> I was going to say no pun intended. That would so lame. I, I retracted it. I retracted it. Terrible. But are there any client testimonials of people that maybe were really struggling with this? And because of the information and insight you were able to give them, um, you know, they have a nice, full, healthy head of hair again.
1: Um, I, I So I'm a new FDN. I just graduated last month. And I'm so sure, I'm but- new to applying this, but, you know, a bit with the holistic nutrition certification and that follicle test that I've been doing, um, I do have a couple people I've helped. And I have one, one woman who had um, scarring alopecia and that's, that's, you lose, you lose your hair, your hairline kind of keeps receding. And once your hair follicles scar over, you're not going to grow hair. And, and we, you know, you're not going to grow hair in those areas, but we were able to, get her kind of into a remission because there's also a lot of inflammation and um, scabbing. And we were able to get that under control. And a lot of women, what they'll notice is their part starts looking wider uh, for, for female genetic hair loss. And so we got that to fill in. We got our hair nice and full. And with body, again, it's not limp, it's got moisture. And we did that with um, microneedling. We did that with some diet changes. And and the right products so so there are things so I, I like to address it, you know, as much as I can from the outside for people and but you've got to go upstream and, and address it from the inside.
0: Well, dang, we might need a part two of this eventually. I can't believe it's been 50 minutes. there's just so many, this is one of those topics that provokes so many like random questions that I know good ones because other people are thinking it, but it's got to stop at some point of. So with that said, Carrie, first, where can people find you if they'd like to work with you or learn about stuff or or maybe just stay in contact so that they can find this um, course when it's out?
1: Well, I spend most of my time on Instagram and my handle on Instagram is at nourished. And that is N-U-R-I-S-H, period D. And that is my, um, nourished hair loss and wellness is, uh, what I'm doing my FDN through and, and helping people with hair loss. And then I've got crimson and clover hair studio and, um, that's crimson and clover hair studio on Instagram as well. And so that's where we'll be doing a lot of the stuff for the hairstylists, um, is on the crimson and clover. So
0: perfect. Yeah, Tracy, thank it. you so much for bringing that up for us. Um, okay. And then with that said, I want to, you, If you listened all the way through, I know not everyone does, but you might understand the uh, signature question I'm about to ask. So yes, we're talking about hair loss today. Yes, we're focusing on that. But by the way, the fact that you only graduated FDN a month ago and you're talking like this, holy crap, I cannot (laughs) wait to see. I'm going to follow you. can't wait to see what you end up doing with all this stuff. This is really exciting. Um, But with that said, you're obviously a well-versed health practitioner. It's not just hair. So if I could give you a magic wand and Carrie could get every single person in this world to do one thing just for their health or maybe stop doing one thing for their health. What is the one thing that you force them all to do?
1: I'm gonna say work on your detox pathways. Okay. <laughs> your get, get your drainage pathways. I um, mean, when you learn about chronic illness and cellular function, it is so important. And you've gotta have that working correctly to get anywhere else with your health. And so. And and I thought about this question because I knew you were going to ask it. And Originally, I thought I was going to say, eat real food, you know, just eat, eat real food. But I mean, the more you learn, <laughs> the more I'm like, mm, I think we need to take this drainage pathway and detoxification thing pretty serious in today's world.
0: Cool. Carrie, thank you so much for coming on. Very interesting topic. And uh, again, I'm just excited to see what you do. We appreciate you being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun.